Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, April 10th, 2023. What's going on? How are you? Ah, jeez, April 10th, two more months before old Freckles turns 55, double nickel. Coming around the clubhouse, I'm down the fucking back stretch here. I'm turning the corner. Um... What are you going to do? What am I going to do? I don't know. Cry silently at night. Where did all the time go? <laughs> um, I learned a long time ago not to do that. Um, you can spend your life wishing you were 10 years younger. Or you could just enjoy the age you're at, knowing in 10 years, you'd be happy to be where you're at, right? Like someday I'll be 65 and I'll be looking, oh my God, 55, that sounds so much younger, right? Like 45, I'd love to be 45. You know, you're 35, you want to be 25. But when you're 45, you want to be 35. So shut the fuck up. Get out there, enjoy yourself. Oh, I've been enjoying myself a little bit too much lately. Um, as, as you know, slash I preach every month. I take the first 10 days off every month from everything. No cigars, no coffee, no candy, none of that shit. Well, I was on the road in New York and I met some buddies of mine. Um, one person in particular who I've been like, dude, we got to hook up. We got to hang. And he's always working. So he's finally was not working. And he goes, I know the place guy has the best coffee in New York. All right. I'm four days in to the 10 days off from coffee. What am I going to say? No, I'm in New York city, right? Arguably the Paris of North America. What am I going to say? I'm going to say no. So I said, fuck it. I went over there and you know, if I try a new coffee place, I have to get a double espresso and the cappuccino to see how they make both. I did that. They were delicious. And then I said to myself, and that's it. I'm just going to shut it off again. But I was in New York. (laughs) There was all these great coffee shops. And I'm like, I never get back here. I miss being back here. You know, I could just go buy a newspaper. You know, my old man shit that I love doing, just buying a newspaper, minding my own fucking business, sitting down, you know, looking like Clint Howard's uh, cousin, right? I just fucking, I love doing that. Although I find less and less of the paper I can read, you know, to try to blow through all of the politics. Like when I got there, um, old Donnie boy. The DA, the DA is calling for you. That whole partisan politic thing that they did to him, which is going to just blow up in liberals' faces. One of the stupidest fucking things. You let a sleeping orange dog lie, and he didn't. He, they did not. They went after this guy. So eventually, I imagine there's going to be a Republican DA guy, and he's going to go after fucking uh, Joe Biden and all of his fucking lies. So whatever. So that shit. So I skipped through all of that. I can't read that noise, you know? It's so stupid. Like, the Post is like, oh, my God, what the fuck? And then the Daily News is like, yes, yes. And then the New York Times is like, oh, (laughs) that's basically their takes on politics, unless it's something happening to a liberal. And then, then the Post will be like, yes, yes. So I skip, I skip all of that. 
Um, and then, then you're basically into page six and local crime, you know? So I keep the local crime light. If it's something fucking awful with a woman or a kid or some shit, or, you know, I try to keep it light, you know? I, I don't mind a little smash and grab, you know, somebody, you know, steal somebody's cat because the relationship broke up. Like, I mean, I, I don't mind that, you know? A little bank robbery here or there. Little fucking car chase, you know. Somebody jumps on a scooter like Tom Cruise in that that uh, Mission Impossible, going around Paris on a motorcycle. How fucking great is that guy's life? You know, does his own stunts. He gets to ride like a fucking Ducati or something at top speed through the shutdown streets of Paris. <laughs> that was one of his days. Hey, Tom, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm riding a Ducati through shutdown streets in Paris while making $20 million to see to, to make a movie that's going to make a billion dollars. Oh, by the way, I've been doing this for 40 years. Um, all right, I'm a little envious. Uh, slash scared to ride a motorcycle unless the city is shut down. Even then, I don't think I'd get out of second gear. Um, anyway, so yeah, and then I smoked... You know, once with my buddy Doug and once my with my buddy Verzi. And uh, as I mentioned, but I haven't smoked any more cigars. And you, But I've continued to drink coffee. Now let's examine that. Why is that? Because coffee is way easier to get. And I get home to my house and just like I predicted, I wanted a cigar. I wanted a cigar so fucking bad the last three nights, but I, I got rid of all the cigars in my house. And I knew this would happen. I would want it, but not enough to go out and get it. That's where I am when it comes to addiction. I feel the cravings. I want it. It, it makes me ornery, but I don't have that fucking thing to just throw a jacket on and just walk out the house <laughs> in whatever wet weather and score whatever the fuck it is, I'm, not, I'm not like a lazy addict. Like if it's in the house, then I'll do it. But if it isn't, then I don't do it. And as long as I don't do it for a little while, it's, it goes away. I know, I'm boring you guys with this shit. But I've been back on the coffee pretty goddamn good. Um, today, all I had was a double espresso. Just going to leave it at that, possibly in case my buddy calls later. And then maybe it goes to the next level. Um, I've been continuing to work out. Um, but I had a little setback with my shoulder as always. So I've been looking up this shit, you know, the ice baths, everybody's talking about the ice baths and all of this type of shit. And, you know, you go down the rabbit hole. Next thing you know, you're online looking at the top of the line ice bath, which is just basically a giant stupid fucking tub. And they're like, well, you know, it weighs about 40 pounds when it's empty, so it's easily maneuverable and put on its stand. Once it's full, it weighs 700 pounds. <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself, I, I, I'm not, that's a fucking plastic container. There's no fucking way that that should be worth 1,300 fucking dollars. And then I'm going to have this thing, and I'm going to be really into it for about maybe, I don't know, a week or two or a month. And then I'm just going to have 700, I'm going to have 700 fucking pounds of water sitting in my goddamn garage, turning all different sorts of colors and all of that shit. So I was like, fuck this. 
I'm not doing that. What am I going to going to buy an ice bath? What are you going to do next? Buy a boat, you fucking moron? You don't do shit like that in life, people. You get to know people that own this shit. Find a friend. You got to go hot chick, right? Hot chicks get hungry just like everybody else, but they don't want to pay for meals. So what do they do? They act like they like a guy with a nice watch. And next thing you know, they're out there with the girls sort of hanging out of a loose-fitting fucking shirt. They're eating like a goddamn pig, right? The date ends with a little hug, air kiss, and a little pat-pat on the back. Go fuck yourself. Two pats, one for each blue ball. Go fuck yourself. I just ate. You got to go hot chick on the ice bath. Do not ask not. I don't know why I'm in this Kennedy mood here. Do not fucking, uh, don't buy one of those fucking things. So then I did the next thing. I was like, all right, it's fucking LA. It's Hollywood. You know, this is the latest fucking craze. You know what I mean? I get my Botox. I have my enema fucking flush up my asshole. And then I go into an ice bath and then at lunch I like to have soup <laughs> that's one of my favorite things ever is when celebrities break down their day for me like I was sitting around all day going you know I wonder what Louis Gossett Jr. does what what, what time does Louis Gossett Jr. how does he shave his head you know how does an Oscar nominated actor shave his head and what if I shaved, what if I bought the same shaving equipment Louis Gossett Jr. had? Would, would I then be happy? Would I then be going up there accepting the thing that everybody wants? Um, yeah, so I looked at the next best thing, which is a place that has a fucking ice bath, right? And I'm sitting there going like, all right. So I go over there. This is better. Now I don't have to buy the thing. I can just go over and use the thing. But then you're getting into the, the fucking gross factor. You know what I mean? Like who here is it? Who here? Like you guys are here. Do you ever take a fucking yoga class? I mean, you want to talk about taking your life in your hands. When you walk into that fucking studio right after another class and they have not mopped up or anything... And it's that hot yoga. It's like you're in the fucking jungles of Vietnam, right? And you can catch malaria through your bare feet in one of those fucking classes, right? You just come walking in. If you're like me with your northern European blood and you walk into this tropical forest <laughs> where they've removed all foliage and there's just the sweat and the emaciated people, I fucking, uh, I can't deal with it. Like, there's no way to get to, like, I don't know. I guess you, uh, you put, the, then you, you fucking put your mat down, but then your mat is, absor- and it's like rubber, so it's like absorbing how many fucking hours, how many classes of fucking plant-based burger sweat, you know, that's done God knows what. I, I, I don't, so I, you know, I stopped going to those things. So... I started thinking about that ice bath thing. It's like, all right, this is 700 pounds of fucking water. That's a lot of fucking water. That's a lot of weight. And we always have a drought out here. How often are they changing that water? You know? I mean, am I going to get in that thing right after Lou Diamond Phillips? I, I don't think I am. I don't know why. I'm just naming celebrities with three names. 
You know, the other night I had a, I had a cigar with Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. Um, so then I was like, all right, because my shoulder's like really talking to me, man. It's feeling inflamed. So uh, I finally was like, wait a minute. I have a bathtub. I have ice. I could fill the bathtub. I'm going <laughs> to... What the fuck is wrong? With I have the solution. So I filled the bathtub up. I didn't have to make it fucking weigh 700 pounds or whatever. It was just a bath. And instead of hot water, I just sat in cold water. I didn't do the ice yet. And I got to tell you, man, I fucking loved it. It sucked getting in, but I knew. I put my leg in and I went. And I was like, fuck it. Get in, 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 get in. I got the other leg in. Ha! All right? And then I just said, fuck it. I just sat down right up to my gingered nipples. And that's as far as I could go. And I was just going, just doing that, right? And there's not even any ice in it. So I'm working my way up to being comfortable with it. And uh, But after like, you know, 20 seconds, I was fine. And then I was automatically, immediately regretting, why didn't I go all the way up to my neck? I got to do this again. And then I slid down up to my neck and I was, ah. But then you just sit there and you don't fucking move. And uh, I stayed in there for 10 minutes and I really enjoyed it. And uh, so I was in the bathroom, obviously of our bedroom. So I say to Nia, I go, Nia, I go, come on in here. She comes in. I go, look, this is ice cold water. I go, feel how cold this water is. I've been in here for eight minutes. She's just looking at me. I go, feel how cold it is. She just goes, I can see how cold it is. <laughs> she made a fucking dick joke. When I was suffering. No, I actually uh, laughed my frozen balls off for like fucking the final two minutes. And she was cracking up. I love making her laugh. It's my favorite thing. in the- And she was actually, she was laughing because I was laughing. Uh, she's the best. And we were actually talking about how we haven't done a staycation in a while. My favorite thing to do. And I think we're going to go out to the, uh, the dessert. I will never call it the desert. I will always call it the dessert in honor of Greg Giraldo. Your balls are sticking to your leg out here in the dessert. Um, yeah, so I'm thinking of going out there. Maybe, maybe in May, but I, I wrote a little something that I'm directing in May, I'm very excited about, so I have a little pre-production, and then I'm in production, and then there's post, but uh, it's just gonna be a quick, little quick little four-day shoot thing that I'm very excited about. Oh, Billy, oh, Billy director, you know? Gonna get myself a big stupid hat, one of those one of those things to yell through. Um, but anyway, let's talk a little bit of sports here, shall we? Um, by the way, I'm still buzzing off of that. Uh, hold on, I'm putting my password here. I'm still buzzing off that uh, Yousef Days Experience band. If you get a chance, go see them on tour. Um, fucking incredible. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit of sports here. My dumbass, who hasn't watched one second of the Red Sox yet, I, I was able to check in yesterday while my kids were eating, checking out my uh, basically my previous relationship I had before my kids, all my sports packages. So I checked out. I do have the baseball package. I taped the Tigers game today. I'm taping this on the ninth. I know we won. We scored 14 runs 
the night before. And evidently, Chris Sale is back, and he looks great, um, which is very exciting. I mean, if you have an ace, I mean, you, he just limits, you know, like an eight-game slide because he's going to be starting. What do they start every five games or something like that? They can really just, you know, prevent any, you know. And I guess unless the other three, four guys absolutely suck, but whatever. I was excited to hear that he's back. Uh, I think Devers had two home runs. This is the Saturday game. I'm taping the one today. Uh, the Bruins, I watched the whole Devils game. Uh, they tied the modern record of 62 wins with the win over the Devils. And it's funny. People are like trying to give, like put the pressure on the Bruins. Like, oh, it doesn't mean anything if uh, you don't win the cup. And it's like, you know, the pressure's on to win the cup. It's like, what are you talking about? The fucking Red Wings had 62 wins, and so did the uh, the Lightning. And I don't think either one of them won it. They won it in uh, in 1819. They 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 won 62 games, right? Wasn't that the year the Bruins lost to the Blues in the finals? As far as I know, so it sort of goes with the territory that if you win 62 or more games, you don't win the cup. So they should be playing loose. Come the playoffs, uh, playoffs. They played the Flyers today at 3 p.m., um, which I think just started. I'm recording that, and they're going to be going for the regular season record, which is pretty fucking cool. The uh, the Masters! Last I checked, it was pouring down raining. I've been taping that, and every time I cut to it, they're just showing fucking rain coming down the golf course, so hopefully they got a sunny day. Uh, very happy that me and all my friends and the dads, everybody went last year, even though it was fucking as cold as a football game on the Saturday last year, but the Sunday was absolutely gorgeous. Um, I'm going to be watching that this week. But, uh, I mean, it's just one of the great events every year. You got you got to watch the Masters. You, you, you got you know, as a white guy. <laughs> it's kind of hacky, but, you know, you got to watch the Masters. I'm kidding. Um, but I do enjoy it. It does draw me in. Um and then last but not least, I finally watched that April 1st race of MotoGP in Argentina. Uh, congratulations to Marco Bosecchi. I hope I said it right. He won uh, He won there at MotoGP 2 five years ago, and he repeated it in the rain. It was actually uh, a pretty exciting race as far as for second and third. Uh, Francesco Bagnaia, I'm probably saying all these names wrong, worked his way up. Past Alex Marquez, like that was like the best racing and everything that uh, Johan Zarco was doing, moving up uh, from the back of the pack was amazing. He came all the way up to second place, but uh, Francesco Bagnai, unfortunately, was going into a turn. And I don't, I don't know how they don't wipe out every time how low they go, but he ended up laying the bike down. And uh, I mean, that put him in second place. I think he has, uh, I think he's down nine points to Pasecki. Uh, but we'll see. Mark Marquez still watched it from home. Still has that broken bone in his, his hand. I just wish that guy would come back fully healthy because he was already starting to look like himself again, riding like really aggressive. And uh, Oh, and also congratulations to Valentino Rossi, his first MotoGP, P, first MotoGP win as an owner. Um, and I'm totally back into this sport. Um, I will be pronouncing the names better as the season goes along. I took all of last year off. I was so busy. But uh, next week, old Freckles and um, 
And Dean Del Rey will be going to the MotoGP race in Austin, Texas. Cannot fucking wait. Um, I'm doing some gigs in Texas and then working my way over there on Sunday. It's going to be fucking awesome. Uh, I can't believe it. I really can't believe it. I really wished I went years ago because my favorite rivalry was uh, Davizioso versus Mark Marquez. And uh, I also kind of wish, like... Um, Ducati still had that red, you know? They got that lighter blue, almost like a Porsche blue, um, which is interesting. So I'm really trying to, like, learn the names and the numbers and all of that so when they come zipping by, like, I'm going to be able to see it. I just can't believe I'm going to go to it. Um, very, very, very excited about that. So with that, I think it's time to do a little bit of advertising reads here. Did I talk about everything I want to fucking talk about? I think so. Oh, my son knows how to pedal now? He got this little fire engine from his uh, his grandmother for Christmas. And, um, yeah, he knows how to pedal now, which is fucking amazing. Um, it just took him forever. He would just kind of go forward and back, forward and back, and now he finally got it down. So I brought the uh, fire engine out of the house and out into the driveway, and uh, he was pedaling around. Still goes back to his Fred Flintstone muscle memory. But, um, and he's still big on the big wheel. He likes to go, you know, there's a little hill in the driveway. He likes to go down the fucking hill. It scares the shit out of me. But, um, I mean, that's what boys do. You know, your daughter fascinates you where you're just like, is she more mature than I am already at six, you know? And then your son, his job is just to scare the shit out of you. Just constantly, you know, his upper body strength is, is ridiculous. He just goes around now and he just walks up to like the, uh, you know, what do you call it? The counter in the kitchen. And he just grabs onto it, pulls himself up, brings his knees up and just hangs there. And then he just looks over at me and just stares, gives me a cold stare <laughs> and then sets himself down and then looks at me and then just gives me the thumbs up and turns around and walks away. That's like his thing, man. Uh, but anyway, he's uh, he's like all like a big boy now. He's, he's I'm very proud of him. He's almost potty trained. No more passy. None of that type of stuff. Uh, he still loves trucks. Um, I took him and my uh, daughter for a little Easter ride in my old Ford truck. And uh, we had a great time. My old Ford truck, which is not leaking at all anywhere because of that genius mechanic right down the street and um i actually every time i go into my garage now i look under the truck and break into an ear-to-ear -ear grin i've owned that truck for almost 12 years and it's been leaking something the entire fucking time you know and i'm one of those uh clean garage guys you know like i believe cars and trucks belong in a garage where everybody else puts all their ex use it as like storage or they turn it into like some sort of, you know, well, I mean, mine's half a podcast studio, but what are you going to do here? Um, they turn it into like a giant office, so like a gym or something, which is, I, that's not even bad. I don't mind that shit either. I just hate when, you know, you see a neighbor and he lifts up the garage door and all you just see is just boxes and just shit. <laughs> some fucking Fisher Price basketball hoop. You know, from 20 years ago, his kids are in his, their 30s. And it's just like, I don't want to be that fucking guy. 
So um, I'm one of those dudes, like I sweep it, then I shop vac it, and then I, I, I wash the floor on like my hands and knees. I just get it sparkling. Like I want to be able to like eat off in there. Like, you know, whenever you see, you know what it is? Because whenever you see like these car shows, these car collectors, and you go in their garages, you know that they fixed it up. They fixed it up for the shoot, but still, it inspires you. Like a refrigerator. The contents of a refrigerator back in the day on MTV Cribs. Remember that? They would open it up and you'd be like, look at how, look at how organized it is. and Look at all those drinks. And they're just, you know? And they always were just stocked. It wasn't like, uh, you know, you could, help, you could hold eight cans of Coke in a row and there was only, you know, four there because you drink Coke. There would always be eight. And eight Fiji bottles of water. And eight things of iced tea and it just fucking lined up, you know, like the Nazis at Zeppelin Stadium. <laughs> this regimen. Um, yeah, anyway, so like I, I get more inspired by uh, the fucking uh, people's garages and that type of shit. So um, that's what I'm doing after this. I'm cleaning up my little drum room, and then I'm cleaning up the garage, and that's it. Everything's just sort of wedged in there, my drum room slash podcast studio um, slash whatever. So anyway, that's what's going on with me. Let's do a little bit of, uh, let's do some reads here, dude. Um, oh, it's fume, everybody. All right, be smart, don't start, kick the habit, put it out before it puts you out. All phrases we've heard a hundred times, yet we still continue to have bad habits. Oh, Jesus, preaching to the choir here. Our sponsor, Fume, spelt F-U with the umlaut. Once the umlaut, the double dots above the U, M, Fume is on a mission to accelerate humanity's breakup from the bad habits that consume far too many of us. Uh, Fume is a naturally diffusive device that uses plants and behavioral science to help you trade out your negative habit for a positive one. Fume is not a vape. Uh, it's a non-electronic device designed to transform your negative habits. Instead of pods filled with potentially harmful chemicals like a vape, by the way, how awful do all those legal weed stores look when you when you look? I mean, it's amazing that it's that it's legal, but when you look in them, this it looks it's like a combination. It looks like a fast food place or like one of those places you can buy like uh, comic books. Uh, definitely does not look healthy. Does not look uh, like they're just selling the plant in there. Um, I feel like there's a lot of. Uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna say that they're they're really tampering with that stuff. Um, having said that. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, somebody gave me a joint one time, and it was just like three puffs, and I was I was done. And uh, I was thinking like, yeah, that's my kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like drinking, you just got to keep working. Oh, wait. I'm actually talking about smoking in a positive way. Let's get back to fume. Instead of pods filled with potentially harmful chemicals like a vape, fume uses Cores, C-O-R-E-S, and that's capitalized too. Cores. Cores infused with plants like peppermint and cinnamon for delicious flavors. 
Fume's new version 2 model is, a, is snappy and tactile with an adjustable airflow dial and a mag, magnetic end cap. Your fingers will always have something to do. Oh, I guess that's because uh, you got a ha- bad habit. Huh? You got restless finger syndrome. Okay. The easiest way to stop a bad habit is to switch to a positive one. And really, I think it's a little harder than that. <laughs> Fuck heroin. I'm going to start reading books to my child. <laughs> Sitting there fucking sweating. Uh, the easiest way to stop a bad habit is to switch to a positive one. Fume is designed perfectly to do just that. Oh, because it also kind of feels like you're doing something bad, but you're really not. It's Fume's goal to make switching easy and even enjoyable. God bless these people. They have thousands of five-star reviews from people just like you who successfully switched when other solutions just didn't work. Head to TryFume, T-R-Y-F-U-M dot com, and use code BURR to save 10% off when you get the Journey Pack today. Oh, Sherry. Uh, the Journey Pack comes from with, was that his solo stuff? Um, Journey Pack comes with three unique flavors and the new version 2 Fume to help kickstart your positive habit. That's TryFume, T-R-Y-F-U-M dot com and use code BURR, B-U-R-R, to save an additional 10% off your order today. Oh, look who it is, people. Liquid Death. I like these guys so much, I invested in the company. I'm not quite that Norelco Razor guy, Victor Kayem. I didn't buy the company. All right? I don't have that kind of scratch. I mean, what do I know about the bottled canned water? Bottled water. No, canned water business. There we go. Uh, Liquid Death. By now, you've probably seen Liquid Death, or maybe you've heard me talk about their mountain water and flavored sparkling waters that look just like tall boys. Now they have this new line of iced tea that I love. I'm not going to lie to you. I tried it, and I did love it. These cans of iced tea are healthy, unlike uh, those other iced teas that are loaded with sugar. These are lightly sweetened with 6 grams of premium agave, are only 30 calories, and provide a microdose of 30 grams of caffeine per tall boy. They also have enhanced, they're also enhanced with B vitamins, there are three flavors of iced tea. You know, I like this shit. It's just like you, you can make money by not poisoning people, right? I don't know why. How is poisoning people cheaper? That poison must be fucking, uh, it's got to be, they just got to be giving it away, right? There are three flavors of iced tea. Grim Leafer, Rest in Peach, and Armless Palmer. Those sounds like the first three punchlines of my stand-up career. Tell you it was a rough one, okay? Uh, Liquid Death's new iced teas are available now. And with free shipping on Amazon and retailers near you, as an added bonus, Monday morning podcast listeners get 20% off their first Liquid Death apparel purchase available exclusively at liquiddeath.com slash burr. Exclusions may apply. That's liquiddeath.com slash burr. Oh, by the way, guess what I did the other day that I have not done since 2015? I went skating. Well, I played pickup hockey in September 2015, thinking that that was going to continue. And then I hurt my back, and then we got pregnant with my lovely daughter, and then that was it. You know, and kids just make years fly by, and it's been, Jesus Christ, it's been almost fucking eight years. And I went out there like timid Terry when I got on the ice. I was like going, should I? It was like a public skate, but I was like, should I fucking wear a helmet? 
Okay, I don't need to be cracking my old fucking egg here on the goddamn ice. But no one was wearing uh, a helmet, you know, except for little kids. And peer pressure got the better of me, so I left it in the car. Um, and I went skating with my daughter, and we had such a great time and uh, a lot of muscle memory. I mean, I only played pickup hockey from 2010 to 2015, and I was like a pond hockey skater before that. I stunk. So I didn't have a lot to lose, but um, it was still there a little bit. It definitely made me want to play. When my kids get a little bit bigger, uh, maybe uh, I'll start doing the pickup hockey again. But we used to play. It was like 11.30 to 1 in the morning. Get this fucking unbelievable sweat. But then you came home and you were just like fucking wired. I'd be laying there till like 3 in the morning, like wide awake. Um, But it was still great. We used to do it like once a week. Um, I might get back to that, man. It was fun, definitely fun. It's one of those great old man sports where even if you're not going fast, you still feel like you can run because your jersey's still going to flap in the breeze a little bit, right? Oh, Jesus, Billy. I look like a bald Lanny McDonald out there. All right. Um, oh, here we go. We got we got the reads here for all of the wonderful listeners writing in. <laughs> At close range. Hi, Bill. Uh, thanks for the shout out. To Eddie Pepitone last year, I didn't know him and have been loving his latest album. Oh, that guy's a fucking genius. Eddie Pepitone is a fucking beast. He's one of the best comics out there, you know. And uh, this business is how this business is, you know. And Eddie just isn't the, you know, the ingenue he used to be. So now he's got to make it, you know. Back in the day, Eddie made it on his looks. Now he has to do the work. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Eddie is uh, just, he's a comics comic. I will, anytime I see him, I will stop. I guess I got to watch this guy. And uh, I love watching him because nothing he talks about is anything that I would ever think about. He's just in his own lane and is just awesome to watch. So definitely check him out if you get a chance. Eddie Pepitone. All right. On Thursday, you mentioned seeing at close range. Yes. I heard Sean Penn tell a great story about Christopher Walken that I thought you might enjoy. Oh, that's that's okay. Before we get into that, I actually watched a movie that I think was Christopher Walken's first movie because the credits said introducing uh, Christopher Walken. It's called The Anderson Tapes. And it's directed by Sidney Lumet, um, who did everything from 12 Angry Men to uh, The Verdict, one of the great directors of all time. And... Uh, the story behind this this one, the Anderson tape, it's it stars Sean Connery, and it's evidently the movie that helped him break out of being typecast of playing James Bond. So it was really a uh, significant movie. It's a strange movie, I will tell you that. And there's definitely some questions I don't quite under, didn't quite get answered. Um, but there's a lot of uh, character actors in there. Um, Conrad. Is it Bane? The guy who played Mr. Drummond on different strokes. Now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. What might be right for you may not be right for some. A man is born. The song will never leave my head. Um, that's the first time I saw Oh, I saw Janet Jackson first on on uh, Good Times, but uh, on uh, on on different strokes. Yeah. That's when I uh, I just went uh, Macho Man on different strokes. Yeah, 
That's the first time I remember seeing her going, God damn, she's fucking gorgeous. <laughs> oh, little baby. Watching the show. So anyways, Conrad Bain, I think this is his name, he is in that movie too. And last night I had this fucking random dream. I was at a party and Conrad Bain, even though he's dead, was at the party and he was sitting there looking the age he looked like when he was in the Anderson tapes. And I walked up to him in the dream and in my head going like, that can't be the guy from Different Strokes. That guy's dead. And I walked up, I said, Hey man, how are you? And he said, "Hey, what's going on?" Because uh, everybody talks like me in my in my uh, in my dreams. What's going on? How are you? And I said, well, "Hey, Conrad, what do you say there, fucking doctor?" So um, I said, uh, "Hey, I saw one of your first movies." He's like, "Oh, is that right?" I said, "Yeah." I go, "I saw the Anderson tape," and he just laughed and goes, "I I wasn't in that," and I was like, "Oh my god, that wasn't Conrad Bain, obviously, because he's dead." I wonder who that guy is that looked just like him. And that was the end of the dream. But anyway, Christopher Walken is in the introducing. Christopher Walken is in that movie. Um, all shot in New York. All these great old taxi cabs and police cabs and all uh, police cabs, police cars, all that shit that I fucking love from back in the day. So anyway, uh, check that one. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie to you. It's weird. Has a weird soundtrack. There's some weird jumping forward and coming back. Like Sidney Lamette, I think it was kind of getting out of, he tells stories more in like a linear way, I felt, up until that. I think he was trying to do like some different shit, but it's still definitely a cool movie. Watched it on YouTube. All right, so anyways, at close range, Christopher Walken's story that Sean Penn told. Anyway, uh, Walken has an intense phobia of guns. Welcome to the club. I fucking love guns. And when I go into a gun store, like I look, I, I want to buy every fucking thing in there, especially if it looks like any gun that I've seen in a movie. I just don't have any training and I respect them. So I'm like afraid that I'm going to do something, you know, I'm not afraid to look. But if I, anytime I've gone to like a gun range, there's always that thing like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Just keep your finger off the trigger unless you're going to pull it and don't have your finger on the trigger unless you're pointing at what the fuck you want to shoot at and know what the fuck's behind it but we're at a gun range so that all of that's okay but I always get worried even at like a gun range that there's going to be some guy you know the guy who sets up like the paper cutouts is just going to come walking out and I didn't hear the ceasefire you know like some kid in an old school bowling lane who's got to come out and set up the fucking pins <laughs> um but I do love it, man. But I, I love the revolvers, man. The fucking, like, the, the old cop-looking guns, the dirty, hairy. But every, everyone everyone that I know that ever shot, like, a forty four Magnum was like, dude, after the first shot, I didn't want to shoot it anymore. It, like, hurt my fucking arm. Um, so if I ever went to a gun range and shot one of those, which I'm probably going to do just to fucking do it, um, I'm only going to put one bullet in. Because... <laughs> I mean, it's bad enough if it came up and smashed me in my big dumb head, but I just don't want to be that guy where it flies out of my hand, lands on the ground, and then fucking blows somebody's leg off or whatever the hell that gun could do. I just don't want to be that guy. Um, anyway, Bill, can we get to fucking Christopher walking, you know, instead of you talking? All right. Um, he has an intense phobia of guns. To feel safe, he makes a habit of triple and quadruple checking the dummy loads in any guns that will be in a scene he's performing in. Wow, how the fuck did he get through the deer hunter? Knowing this, Penn walked out of view as the filming of the climactic final scene began and says, give me that other gun. Oh, my God. Loud enough that Walken would hear. 
came back into view and started this scene. The fear on Walken's face in the movie looks very real because he's really fucking terrified. Oh, my God. Penn was only 17. What? He had the balls to do that. That's fucking incredible. The fact that he knew how to elevate the performance of a legend and had the balls to do it is fucking amazing. Yeah, I couldn't say it any better than you just said it. I love those fucking stories. Those fucking stories. That's amazing. I would ne- I, 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 I would just be going, just, just make sure you know your lines so Mr. Walken doesn't get mad. <laughs> this guy's like, I'm going to fuck with him. Um... Now I have to go back and watch that scene. Um, anyway, I've been big into like, uh, I, I don't recommend this to anybody. Like if you grew up in like the 90s or something like that, if you're born in the 90s, go buy, watch a bunch of movies from the 90s just to look at the cars and all of that and all these cool memories. It's not even about the movie. Like you'll hear a song and it just puts me back in a station wagon, you know, Riding home from my dad's job because we had like one car. So we would all get in the car, drive my dad to work if my mom needed the car and came home, you know. And we would, you know, whatever, like Carly Simon, all of that shit. Just I'm, I'm immediately back into this. We had this uh, Buick station wagon, like navy blue. I want to say with black interior. And... uh it was, I want to say it was like almost like a mid-size. Did they make a mid-size station wagon back then? I can't remember. We were sort of like a Buick family. Like before that, we had like this 73 Buick Regal that had like these fucking doors that were like, you know, as thick as a safe. Um, I don't know. I love doing that shit. All right. Liberal gun owner and former banker cunt. Um, all right. Hearing from the gun owners. I love it. Guillermo, Spanish for William. Um... On your March 30th podcast, you asked for gun owners to write in with solutions to curb mass shootings. Yeah, who would know better? Via better regulations of purchasing of a firearm. Yeah, just something that that lets regular people get the guns they want. And how do we prevent fucking idiots from getting them, doing horrible things, and then fucking it up for the uh, law-abiding gun owner? It's basically, that seems to be the question, right? And this is what I'm asking, having no knowledge of guns or legislation whatsoever. So for some reason, we're going to bounce it off of me. (laughs) If this doesn't say you're listening to a podcast right now, I don't know what does. Uh, I am a former banker cunt who spent eight years working with insurance benefits and a current gun owner. Can you please write back in and let me know why you stopped banking? Did it get to you? Could you not do it anymore or did you find something else to do? I don't know. This is relevant because I have some credibility to, to speak on this and in my time there. Okay, so what is uh, relevant here? He's a former banker, eight years working with insurance benefits and current gun owner. Okay. Um, I heard some experts familiar with the industry, insurance specifically, propose a solution that I think would actually have a solid chance of making a meaningful difference. A solution could be to require gun owners to carry insurance. This is going to stop a nut from doing something crazy. He's going to worry about his, pre- his, his fucking premium going up. 
gee, I'd really love to shoot up that food court, but God damn it, my monthly payment would go through the fucking roof. All right, I'm going to be open-minded here. Now, I know that communist ginger, that communist ginger hair of yours is standing up on the back of your neck. <laughs> when did I become a commie? I'm doing great in capitalism. Uh, I just feel like this should be like, you know, like, uh, like in, um, like in baseball, some sort of luxury tax. That's all a, a revenue sharing is revenue sharing communist. And if it is, then doesn't communism work within the NFL? We just opened up all kinds of cans of worms here. Um, anyway. Uh, now that I, down, now I know that a communist ginger hair of yours is standing up on the back of your neck just reading that sentence. But hear me out and buckle up because this is going to be a tad lengthy. All right. Well, I didn't stand up because of any communist, socialist, or I don't know, capitalist thought. I just was like, I don't think a crazy person gives a fuck about insurance. Or maybe they can't get insurance. All right, I'll just shut up. You have to get insurance to own a car, right? And it's, well, yeah, I mean, in theory, <laughs> it doesn't stop people from drying down the street without it. Um, and as long as you're not an asshole, it's really not that expensive. And if you are a good driver, it is, in fact, is very inexpensive. It is also very easy to get insurance with plenty of small and large firms across the U.S. You can also get most policies that same day, like buying a car. So that addresses the concern of responsible gun owners not being impeded to purchase and continue owning a gun while also requiring something that is not excessive. Uh, anyone that tells you that this is an undue burden on your Second Amendment rights is not a serious person. See, now, why couldn't you just say that without insulting? Because now they're going to get all fucking upset. Um, now, why? Why would it help? Uh, here are some things to consider. No one is better at assessing risks than insurance companies. Uh, yeah, but now, now don't they have to get into like psychological shit? Uh, there is a huge incentive to ensure companies are not insuring anyone that might be mentally unstable, had domestic violence issues, or other behavior slash factors that might indicate they are more likely to use lethal force. Okay such as payouts to victims' families from the perpetrator's insurance policy. No parent should have to ever suffer the financial burden of burying their child. Uh, okay. The government is not involved for all the cunts that think they won't get droned by the nerds. Uh, it would create jobs, lots of gun owners to insure. It adds a step that may give any ill-intended cunt time to rethink their actions. And get help instead. I don't know about that. I think if you're nuts, you're nuts. It will ensure maybe somebody who's just pissed off. It will ensure at least some people who should not have firearms do not get them. All right. Yeah, this does go on. Okay, we got two more long paragraphs. Bear with me, everybody. Now, why do now why do we need this? Oh, I love when people ask the question for me. Now, why do we need this? I didn't ask. Obviously, this was prompted by shootings, but my own experience purchasing a firearm is case in point. To keep it brief, several years ago, my wife and I moved from our home state of New Mexico to a state where we did not know anyone. This is part of the reason I decided to purchase a shotgun and a handgun. 
At the time, we were living with friends as we just sold our house and did not have a permanent address. When I went to buy the gun, I did not have the necessary documents such as a bank statement with the current address that matched my documents. I was almost not able to purchase the guns, but thankfully I had a very helpful salesman. We will call him Frank. Now, Frank knew that I didn't have the necessary documents, but he prided himself in being a patriotic American and wanted to help me out. Frank told me to go to the other end of the store where they also sold fishing licenses and asked to purchase a temporary one-day fishing license, and that would be enough for me to walk out with both guns. Yeah, well, you can see the potential problem there. Uh, When I walked to the other end of the store to purchase these licenses, a stout and keen gentleman assisted me in the purchase purchasing this license. It was about 4 p.m. that day, and when I asked for the one-day fishing license, he asked if I was sure because of how late in the day it was, and the pass expired at 8 p.m. I told him I was sure and that it was not an issue. He squinted slightly and asked if I was sure again. I assured him it was fine. He then proceeded to ask me, sir, are you purchasing the license to obtain a firearm today? I'm not going to lie, Bill. I almost cracked, but was able to muster a solid nope. I like how the fishing guy is doing more shit than the guy actually selling the gun. Uh, I'll get that done for you right away, he says. Okay, I'll get that done for you right away. In under eight minutes, I had my one-day fishing license, and I was back with Freedom Frank himself finishing up my background check, and he finally handed me my guns with a firm handshake and a smile. Walked out a proud gun owner that same day. Well, at least you're a good guy. Um All right, so you're saying I, I don't I don't know if I'm smart enough for this. So you're saying if they get insurance, if you had to have insurance, um, you're saying the insurance companies would do way more of a background check than this fish and game place that you went into. All right, so they would do more than that. But you think that they, and evidently you think that they would do enough that that wingnut down there in Tennessee would not have been able to get. A gun. Now, couldn't that person been like, you know, you're doing this because I'm transitioning. And then when, when they get scared, when their corporate lawyers get scared of that, I don't know. All right. Well, there's one solution. Potential solution. All right. Gun solution. Hey, Billy, bullet time. <laughs> I think you're going to go with bullet head. Uh, I've got two small kids. I'm a gun owner. And like you, I've been trying to figure out the solution to the school shootings. Why? Well, I, I honestly, dude, I think so much of it is if they wouldn't fucking give these assholes that do it, you know, more media coverage than the quarterback that won the Super Bowl, I think that it would, you know, stop the psycho monkey see monkey do type of thing out there. Um, I mean, why am I getting into a fucking ice bath? Who the fuck would ever get into a bath with ice in it? No one, no one ever until you see it and people go, oh, this is, this is good. And then, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> That's how psychos look at school shootings where you look at it like it's horrifying. They're like, oh, that's what I could do with my weekend. Um, All right. Anyway, we can implement nationwide uh, gun laws, background checks, waiting periods, limited capacity magazines, and ban certain types of guns like we've done here in California. But does that work? It didn't work with that 72-year-old Asian dude who shot up the dance hall in Monterey Park. He circumvented all of those laws with a banned gun, similar to an Uzi with high-capacity magazines. We can't rely on armed guards or the police to handle every situation. That disaster in Uvalde taught us that. So what do we do? We harness artificial intelligence. 
Is that all we have to do? Just harness artificial intelligence? Like, you're going to say how to do that? Video cameras and security doors. We put a comprehensive system of cameras in and around the schools. We hook them up to AI and teach it to recognize handguns and rifles. As that fucktard with a gun approaches the school, AI spots it and puts the school in lockdown. If the gun is hidden, the minute it comes out of the bag inside or outside of the school, the school is put into lockdown. That's my solution. Thanks and go fuck yourself. Well, you and all Buck Rogers on it. All right. Well, I'll do the whatever. Who's going to pay for that? Uh, bulletproof windows? Um. I mean, so you're basically, you want to go Terminator. You want to have, like, robots outside the school. You know, when somebody approaches, are you Sarah Connor? Are you a school shooter? They'll come over and just take them out. I mean, that would be, that would be ideal. But, I mean, I know how much my computer fucks up. What happens when the, the Terminator robot, that's the one thing that is missing in the Terminator, is uh, a, a, like, a defect in the Terminator. He never seems to need to reboot. He always seems to kill the people he wants to kill. It's very odd. Um, one of the genius things of that is when they brought Arnold back and they're like, yeah, he's still playing the Terminator, but now he's a good Terminator. I mean, I want to say they ripped off Hulk Hogan with like the, you know, if he has the blonde mustache, he's the good guy. If he adds the, the black pine tar beard, then he's a bad guy. Anyway, everything goes back to everything goes back to blues, jazz, or wrestling. <laughs> a lot of people say Shakespeare. I, I, I'm giving Vince McMahon and those guys a little more credit. All right, down 200 pounds. What? Get the fuck out of here. You lost 200 pounds? I'm sitting there trying to lose my fucking 20 pounds of COVID weight. Well, good for you, sir or ma'am or they. Um, Bill, you're the first person who ever made me feel gross for being fat. <laughs> well, thank, okay, I'll take that as a compliment. A few, a few years back, I took your shaming to heart and lost 200 pounds. I put back on 100 and fell off the wagon hard. Ah, oh, fuck. Bill, I can't keep away from fried food. Anyway, I'm backing down. I'm back down to a healthy weight again and maintaining it. Shout out to everyone actually trying to do anything. Absolutely, that's amazing. I got to tell you, the fact that you put a hundred back on and were able to stop—you um, have the willpower, dude. I believe in you. And uh, you know what? Why don't you try the thing that I'm failing at this month, which is taking the first ten months off. 10 months the first 10 days of every month off i shut down everything uh well i guess you you need to permanently shut down those things um yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna stop dude because that's that's a life-threatening thing that you're dealing with and it's above my pay grade i was gonna be like why don't you learn to play a musical instrument <laughs> every time you want some buffalo wings get a break out that ukulele get some fume you know, light one of those fuckers up, see what happens. Um, I don't know. Hey, I got to tell you something. Um, that little fucking, I didn't even do an ice bath. It was just cold water. It has affected my mood. Like I am in a, uh, I'm in a better mood. I'm in a sillier mood. 
I like to take a lighter mood. Um, letting shit roll off my back. It's how I want to be. It's how I want to live the rest of my life here. Um, anyways, that is the podcast. Uh, is there anything that I forgot as far as sports? I know this is a crazy time with sports with everything. Everything's coming up. NBA, NHL playoffs, MotoGP. I haven't been watching Formula One. I'm sure it's great. Uh, I'm just psyched. And thank you to everybody in College Station that's coming out to the show next week. I cannot fucking wait um, to go to that, that uh, MotoGP race. This is um, something that's been a long time coming. And um, I swear to God, when I see those motorcycles, I hope Mark has his racing next week. I mean, I remember when I went to a Formula One event when I, when I saw like um, Lewis Hamilton's Mercedes back when they had like the, the green and silver silver arrow there like like the car alone was like seeing a celebrity um just one of those moments you know when you just see something for a long time and then all of a sudden you're there you're like how the fuck am i at the same place this shit is happening it's still one of my goals though is i want to go to mexico city for that formula one that goes through the old baseball stadium i think that's the coolest thing ever and i want to sit in those fucking bleachers and watch them all come through the chicane um all right that is it that is the podcast uh go fuck yourselves and i'll check in on you on thursday and now i'm never ready to shut it off and there we go